You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Church, I just love you. Isn't it? I just, you're my family, and I, this isn't my preach, this is just my heart. Um, I just love you. I think being part of this house is possibly the best thing that's ever happened to me other than Jesus and Joel. <laughs> Hi, babe. <laughs> Incredible. Wow, I am so stoked, excited to be sharing the first in our new series called My Miracle. Um, and obviously, hopefully by now you've noted that we are in our month of prayer and fasting. Which is always funny when you say that and you get like response of, woo, <laughs> I'm fasting, <laughs> yay. <laughs> but um, you're doing great, church, and there is absolute, it's going to be breakthrough. So I, I, I stand and go, we are fasting, come on. <laughs> Incredible. And um, I just want to start off really um, being honest, a bit vulnerable, and uh, sharing the fact that I am really over competitive. Like, it is a problem. It's an issue. I probably need to seek the Lord on it. But I am really, really competitive, right? Um, and I have this thing, right, where I'm a youth worker when I'm not here. I work incredible um, youth, work with young people in Abigail over in North Wales, who I adore. And uh, I have this thing where, as a good youth worker, you will know, as Pastor Josh will tell you and Pastor Abby will tell you, you play a game and you have this internal dilemma of... I'm going to win. I will win at all costs. The young people are going down. Versus, I'm really going to build them up. I'm going to empower them, make them feel great about themselves. I'm gonna Sorry, young people, I'm just letting you into like the inside track here. Just write your notes and then take them to Josh afterwards. You're good. And um, this inside track of like, you know, do I let them win or do I win? And I've got a problem, right? I have to win. It's, it's kind of bad to the point of which... I have to take myself out of certain games that I know I cannot control myself. And um, I'm proud and pleased to announce that I am the undefeated champion of Splat Bang in Abigail Shed. Thank you, church. Thank you. And if you don't know what that is, uh, Pastor Josh will be running a workshop afterwards. Um, all applicants greatly received. And I am really, really competitive. And I don't know about you, but you probably know someone who's competitive. If not, you're competitive yourself. And there comes that moment, isn't there, when you go to play a game or you're watching football or rugby or anything really can turn competitive, <coughs> I think. But there's this moment where, like, the breathing starts changing from... to. Like it just ramps up, doesn't it? And suddenly they're like crouching over like this, ready to take charge and be like, I'm going to win this. This is going to be good. And there's like a look in their eye. And suddenly the most pure, holy, like most Jesus-like, loving, warm and fuzzy Christian becomes like this, I'm going to win. I'm going to take it on. And I am really fiercely competitive. Now, I don't think it's always a bad thing. Really? I don't want to know who else in the room. Any other competitive people in the house? Brilliant. We'll do some prayer and worship and ministry afterwards. No, I'm joking. I love that you, I love that in that moment, a few of you are like, yes, I am competitive. I will get my hand in the air first. I will win. Brilliant. You, my family, my people. And um, 
it's so hard when you're competitive because in our society, in our world today, it's so often just calm down, just chill out. You know, we're so, you know, British, keep calm and carry on. You know, it's that calmness, isn't it? Like, you must remain calm at all times. Everything will be nice and fuzzy and warm if we're just calm, if we just keep calm about it. You know, and I have to say, like, self-control, resilience, all that sort of stuff is good. But I think there's something about this. You know, we love, we love calming down. Let's do some mindfulness. Let's do some breathing. Let's remain calm at all times. Let's go on a retreat. You know, not <laughs> to be fair, I'd love a retreat. Um, <laughs> FYI. And, um, but what potentially I think happens in those moments is what, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the staff like, hello. Um, but in those moments, right, those moments where we're like, I'm going to calm, I'm going to be chilled. I think our society tells us to squash down our emotions a little bit, you know? Like squash down that, like, passion, like enthusiasm, ambition, the strong desire to, like, achieve and go after stuff. We get this, like, almost a fear. We're built in, like, this fear comes of showing or, or kind of showing this big emotion of, well, what will people think? What will people say of me? You know, you think about it this way. Don't get too excited. Just calm down. Just take a breather. You're fine. You know, don't be too radical or speak out. Like, just, just calm down, yeah? Even this one. Don't be too competitive. You know, think about primary school. Everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a medal. Well done. Don't be too ambitious. Can you just calm down? Don't be too aggressive. Just calm down. And I know for me that I, I've felt this. Like as I was a as I was a teenager, I was a teenager at some point before now. I um I used to go off to lots of like Christian festivals, Christian camps at like Easter and summer, and it was brilliant. I, I loved going to them because I'd meet other young people my age and to be honest, I just have these incredible encounters with the Holy Spirit that you know, just, well, it changed my life, changed my walk with Jesus. And I'd be so fired up and be like, this is incredible. I can't wait to basically go and change the world because God is so good. And I come back and just be like, let's go. You know, like incredible stuff. Or even one week, I, I came back from a festival and walked around with no shoes on for a week. I'm still waiting for God to tell me why I did that. But that was a thing. Um, and I come back and I, I'd be like, I want to tell everybody about this experience, this thing that's happened to me. I, I've got to share it with the world. And I'd be like, let me tell you what happened and they'd be standing there and be like great I'm so pleased for you wow can you just calm down and suddenly that fire that desire that passion becomes passive and gets squashed and suddenly this desire and this hunger to change the world is like well I don't know if I can even tell my friend about Jesus you know, we get squashed down, get dismissed. And I think we could probably all admit it and say, in our lives there's been moments where you felt that fired up nature, but suddenly it just gets squashed by fear, by worry, by disappointment. You know, in the last few years, I would say that collectively we've all been through a trauma together through a pandemic, right? And it might be in those moments that your faith's been really shaken. And it's okay to admit that. Just to put that out there, church. It's okay to admit that because we, we, we do this together, you know. But it might be that, 
you know, you had that passionate moment. It was all guns blaring and suddenly something happened and, you know, the pandemic kicked in and you were disappointed. Or you got a bit lost. Or there was a relationship breakdown or there was sickness or there was bereavement. And suddenly this desire, this passion is squashed and becomes passive. And I think in those moments, church, we forget who he is. And we forget who we are. You know? In our uh, passage for today, we're going to look at Matthew. And it's Matthew 11. And just to give you context, right, to explain. We find ourselves where uh, John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, is in prison. And he's like, he hears whisperings like on, heard on the grapevine that this guy Jesus is around and This could be the guy that he's been like prophesying and saying he's coming. So John sends his disciples to to catch up with this guy, Jesus. And they get to Jesus and they're like, are you kind of the the guy that we've been waiting for? And the cool thing about Jesus in this moment, right, he could just be like, yes, it's me. He's like, well, I healed the sick. I made like, he just lists off all these different miracles, all these different things as if to be like, it's, yeah, I am, yeah. That is me. That yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Because he's like just proving who he is. And then his John's disciples are like, okay. So they're about to head back to prison to John to be like, he's here, it is who we've been waiting for. And suddenly Jesus turns to the crowd, because obviously people have flocked to him. And this is where we find our passage. And it says this, I'm gonna read it for you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until, until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. So it's something controversial, church. We're a violent people. Isn't that nice and warm and fuzzy for a Sunday? But something that you just think, what? But we are a violent people. You know, we think about it, don't we? We're like, but we're Christians. We're God is love. We don't do that violent thing. That's not who we are. Now, I'm not talking about violent as in like, I'm going to start a fight. And I would win, by the way, just so you know. I'm talking about like this holy hunger, desire, urgency, like where it stirs in your spirit to the point where you're like, ah! You know, it just overflows to the point where you have to do something. I love it. I love the phrase utter urgency. Like not just like, a, oh, I should probably do that. <laughs> but like, a, I have to do this right now, right here, or this could impact everything. Utter, utter urgency. You think about right at the time in our passage, all these people have been firstly following John everywhere he went. They would like get to him as much as they could. And then obviously when Jesus came, they would like heard who he was. So people would flock. People would travel miles and miles, days, nights. Like people would go out of their way to be in his presence, to be just even around who he was because they had this desire, this hunger, because they knew, they had heard that this could be the one that was foretold. So they literally just, they would drop everything and go. What about us? Do we, do we drop everything and go for Jesus? Do we get like this violent for Jesus to go after the kingdom of heaven? 
It's a challenge for sure, church. So what do we know about the kingdom of heaven? Well, let me tell you. The kingdom of heaven is not apathetic. It's not just take it or leave it. It's not just meh. The kingdom of heaven is not warm and fuzzy. I think we can get stuck in a place where sometimes we think, oh, God is love, right? And love is warm and fuzzy. But fussy? Yeah, it might be fussy, but it's also fuzzy. But love is also raw and real and urgent and taxing sometimes. The kingdom of heaven is not holding the fort till Jesus comes back. We're not holding the fort just till Jesus comes back. We're not like this middle ground of like, oh, we'll just keep things going, keep it ticking over, we'll run some churches, we'll do some outreach, you know. No, 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 that's on us. It's on us to bring the lost home. It's on us to get out into our communities. It's on us to make a difference. It's on us to tell our friends. It's on us to seek after miracles. It's on us to pray for healing. It's on us to stretch into his word. Church, it's on us to do it. We're not just like a holding pattern of, well, we'll just keep things sticking over till he comes back. It's on us. It's on us. The kingdom of heaven is not of convenience, comfort, or ease. I'm sorry, but it's just not. (laughs) Sorry to wake you up, but it's not about comfort. And quite frankly, the kingdom of heaven is not silent. (laughs) It is not silent. It's not something we keep to ourselves. It's not something I go, well, I'm saved. I'm all good. I'll just sit here. What about the person, your colleague at work, your friend, your family members, your neighbor? It's not just about us. It's about so many other people that don't know Jesus yet. Think about Chester. What about the people in Chester? It's about them. We pray and we fast and we do these things because we believe in the miracle that's going to come. Because it's going to come. Because we know who he is, right? Okay. We take hold of it violently. Like, I can't, like for me, I just think of it and I'm like, to the point where I'm like shaking, ready to go, so fueled up and passionate for Jesus that it's going to like burst out of me. Where are you at, church? Not that I've got it all right. Trust me, I haven't. But as I've been writing this preach, my heart has been stirred for this church to get angry righteously, to get passionate. You know, we say as Audacious Church, we're a passionate people. Where's your passion at? Is it for football? Is it for food? Or is it for Jesus? Where's your passion at? The reality is we see this kind of fight for faith throughout the whole Bible. You know, this isn't like me just standing there and just kind of telling you stuff. No, it says this all the way through the Bible. This isn't like something that's just fresh. This is like, this has been happening for a long time, right? Let's take the example. You think about the woman with the issue of blood, right? Matthew 9. She was hungry. She was urgent. Like she pushed through a crowd of people that would disown her, of people that would not want to go near her or touch her, but yet she put herself in that proximity to be close to those people for just one tiny, teeny touch. What are you pushing through? Where are you getting uncomfortable? Where are you pushing through the crowd for one tiny touch that she knew would change her life? One tiny touch that would change her history to the point at which we talk about it today. One tiny touch. 
I mean, I can't speak on this one personally, but Jesus came to earth violently. There is, labor is not fun from what I've heard. Birthing is, you know, it's, it's a joyous occasion, but I feel like the process from what I've heard from friends, it's interesting, but it, it can be violent. Laboring, anxiously laboring. It can be violent. The wrestle of it. Put it this way. Jesus paid for our salvation violently. Violently. He was falsely accused. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was went through the ringer and back again for, for us. That was violent. When the Holy Spirit came, Acts 2.2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, violent wind, came from heaven and filled the house. Jacob, he wrestled with God. We're told, really, simply, put on the armor of God. Now, if that doesn't tell you there's a fight on your hands, hello, wake up. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, because we're in a fight. We're in a fight to see miracles in this house. Why do you think we take a month to pray and to fast? Because it's important. It's not just the date in the diary we do every year to make ourselves feel better. It's because this is important, because we believe in a God of the supernatural and we believe in a God who's going to break through, right? We pray and we fast because we know what's coming on the end of it. He's always faithful. He always comes through. So we know we can pray and fast and petition him because what's going to happen? So we stand in faith for it and we contend for it and we press in for it and we get violent for it. The utter fight of faith. You know, then John Knox, who led the Scottish Reformation, right? He says this, and um, he like pressed in for Scotland. He says this, he says, give me Scotland or I die. I was going to say it in a Scottish accent, but it wouldn't go well. <laughs> give me Scotland or I die. <laughs> and that's where I'm the creative pastor. No. He says, give me Scotland or I die, you know, because he believed for revival. He believed for a miracle for it. And the brilliant thing I love, to, if you know your history, if you do, well done, to Mary, the Queen of Scots, wasn't a big fan of him. She says this, and this is incredible, right? I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Poof. I fear the prayers of John Knox more than the assembled armies of Europe. Stands true for us today, church. Our prayers have that power. Our prayers have that fuel. Do our prayers have that hunger? Another quote for you from the first Anglican Bishop of Liverpool. Oh, it's a good one. A holy violence, a conflict, a warfare, a fight, a soldier's life, a wrestling are spoken of as a characteristic of the true Christian. Whether you like it or not, there's a fight. <laughs> there's a battle. And so we contend for the breakthrough. We get violent for the breakthrough. We fight the fight of faith every day. This is, you know, things we have to fight. Apathy that says, calm down. The notion that you've got time. It doesn't matter. Someone else will do it. Nothing will change. I tried it before. Didn't work. What if people reject me? I'm tempted by so many things but I like to be comfortable. I'm intimidated. I kind of like just want to keep myself to myself and be a bit selfish. I'm fearful. The status quo is fine. I'm disappointed. Church, we've got to get up and get into the word of God. 
We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walk by sight, you're going to be disappointed every day because the world is rubbish. But the word of God stands true. Let's praise, let's believe, let's step out, let's lift our hands to go beyond the natural, to step into the supernatural, to keep going when you're discouraged, when you're hurt, when you're sad, when you're disappointed, to go again and go again and go again and go again. Because we are hungry, because we are violent, because we are desperate to see the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Amen? And church... We are not just a social club. We're not a social club. This isn't a Sunday for warm and fuzzies. Yes, I love you. (laughs) Yes, you're my family. But I want to stand arm in arm, ready to fight this battle with every single one of you. Because we go into it together. We are not just a social club. We're not just nice people. Although we are, you guys are great. But we're not just nice people. We're not just do-gooders. We have this burning desire within us to see the supernatural, to see the kingdom of heaven on earth. And we've got to step out and do something about it. We've got to show our city that we're not just nice people, that we have something about us which is relationship with the Savior of the universe, that we have hope, that we have life, that we have forgiveness, that we have have a God who is never failing. We are not just a social club, church. Did you know that this is life or death? What we do, what we say, how we live our lives is not just life or death. It is high stakes. We are talking about eternity. We are talking about people who may get to heaven or may not. And I don't know about you, but that's worth a flipping fight. So we are a violent people. We pray, we petition, we cry out for a move of God. We fast because we're going to get hungry for it. Do you know what, church? We're not called to be timid in our prayers. You know, there's a great verse in 2 Timothy. I won't read the whole thing, but it says, For the Spirit of God gave us... Uh, gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit of God gives us power, gives us love, doesn't give us timidity. Yeah, we'll go with it. Timidity. Thank you. It makes us outrageous for the kingdom. But church, today I want to tell you we've got to shift our thinking. When petition becomes expectation, that becomes conviction. Petition becomes expectation, becomes conviction. Your petition this month in prayer and fasting and beyond, (laughs) it's not just for a month, you can go longer, FYI. When you petition God for a person or a place or a situation or anything you need him for, we have this expectation and the knowledge that we know he's going to come through. And that becomes our conviction. And when you're convicted about something, you go after it. When you're convicted about something, you give your all. You lay it all down. Church, petition becomes expectation that becomes conviction. You know, when it gets cold in my house, um, I I don't like it for a start. (laughs) You can ask Joel. And uh, I'll put the heating on or I'll get my electric blanket out or I'll, you know, light a fire. I like how I'm saying all these things. I'll ask Joel to put the heating on. I'll ask Joel to make a fire and I'll ask him to get my electric blanket. Sorry, babe. Got it on you either. And uh, it takes a minute, doesn't it? It takes a little while to get the heating going, to get the house. It's not like it's just like, and I'm warm. Like it takes a moment. 
So how do we get this holy violence? Well, it takes a little bit of time. It takes you going after it. You know, in your everyday life, sure, you can get up, you can brush your teeth, you can go through your daily life, you can just go out after this and crack on. But what if you get up and the first thing you do is you lay yourself down before the King of Kings? What if you start speaking out in tongues over your breakfast? What if you start really delving into the word as you pray and as you fast? What if you crack on some praise music in the car that just oh, enters your soul that you can't help but have this overflowing, overwhelming desire for the kingdom of heaven? Church, it's on you. It's on me. It's on us. We have got to do this. We have got to step out. We've got to get passionate. You know, we fast, we give up things to increase the hunger. And as we increase the hunger, we increase the desire. Think of the men who brought the paralytic man through the roof. I mean, if they hadn't got hungry, that's a different story. You know, in Hebrews, you guys will probably know, but it says, um, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, throw off everything that hinders, the sin that entangles. Let us run with perseverance, perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We run with perseverance. You know what, church? It's going to get rough. It's going to be a bumpy ride. I can't tell you it'll all be nice and smooth because, quite frankly, it's not going to be. It's going to get tough. You're going to get squashed. Your emotions, you might get told to calm down. But this is on you in this moment and your relationship with God to get passionate. Your relationship with God to get violent, to get hungry. Utter urgency. We've got to believe and expect for more of God than what we already know. We've got to push in and press in for more than what we've seen and what we've heard because we know that he is a God of incredible things. And our expectation will church over the next three Sundays beyond this one in this series. We're going to be looking at miracle of eternity, people getting saved. Miracle of provision, finance, jobs. Miracle of healing in mental health, physical health, in peace. You know, over the next three Sundays, we're really going to press in to believe for miracles. We've already sung it and declared it. It's a house of miracles. If you sang that out, you declared that as truth. And I believe it for one. So let's get violent for the kingdom of heaven in all the best ways. With a hunger and a desire to see the kingdom of heaven come on this earth. My prayer, my miracle, my belief is that this church is going to grow. To the point where we don't fit this room. We don't fit this building. Or we're going to have to do like five services a day. Just keep bringing the coffee. My prayer is that people in Blaken are going to get saved. My prayer is that family members that don't know Jesus are going to come to know him. My prayer is that for my mental health is going to be healed. My prayer is that physical health is going to be healed. My prayer is that as church, we stand arm in arm together, united, ready to go again, ready to press in, ready to get hungry, ready to fight the fight of faith every day, to not back down, to not waver because of who he is and who he says he is. He's a faithful God. He's not going to let us down, church. So what does this look like for you? How are you getting your heart ready? You know, our month of prayer and fasting's begun. What is it that you're asking God for? Where is it you're pressing in? Who is it that you're asking God for? What situation? And can you truly say that you are petitioning? Or are you just doing an act of something because church told you to? got a petition the kingdom of heaven 
get hungry, get urgent. If you don't leave this place with a fire in your belly to go, ask Jesus for it, because that's where he's at. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 